0: turn in your Bibles to the book of Romans, the book of Romans. You are familiar with Luke chapter 2, and you are familiar with the fact that, and we just read the last portion of that this morning in our Bible reading. You're familiar with the angels coming and giving the good news. There's so many words in In that particular passage of Scripture that connect us with Christmas, we have the word good tidings, the words good tidings. We have the words great joy. We have the words all people. We have the words city of David, a Savior, Jesus Christ, the Lord. And then we have glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill, toward men. Now what we need to do with the Christmas story is we need to always take the Christmas story and we need to bring it up to the present time. We need to connect the Christmas story with the present time. And so I thought I'd do two things at once. I thought we would take the book of Romans because it's one of the most difficult books in the Bible. It's in the daily Bible reading right now. And uh, I'm hoping that many of you have not looked at it and said, Oh, I just can't understand that. I don't know how much I can get out of the book of Romans. And so this in some way is going to whet your appetite. So what I've done is I've looked at the word peace. I focused on the word peace, which is a great theme for Christmas. And I went through the book of Romans and I looked at all the references to peace to find the Christmas story. We know that the Christmas connection in Romans is in chapter 1, where the Bible says that God promised Jesus who was to be born of the seed of David according to the flesh in verse 3 of Romans chapter 1. There's our Christmas connection. Now follow that throughout the whole book of Romans and keep in mind the birth, the life, the death, the resurrection of Christ, because that's all a part of the Christmas story, because that's when God took on the form of man so that He could personally pay the penalty for our sin so that we wouldn't have to. So here we go. Here we go. So I want you to go to the uh, first chapter, verse 7, and I want you to look at this verse. This is all practical application. We, I have chosen to Take references out of Romans and just use as much of the context as we possibly need and no more. The more you broaden the context, the more application you're going to come up with. But I love this. I love this. The Bible says in verse 5 that through Him, that's through Jesus, we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for His name among whom you also are the called of Jesus Christ. He says that to the Romans. To all who are in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints, what does it say? Let's all repeat it together. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Connect this to present day. I immediately thought that when you and I get up on the wrong side of the bed, we need this passage of Scripture. Now, are you you being a little frivolous with this, Pastor? No, no, no. Think about this for a minute. When you and I get up on the wrong side of the bed, when the day doesn't look like it's going to go the way we want it to go, when things don't turn out the way we want them to turn out, when we make our own mistakes, when we have our own problems, we need the peace of this passage of Scripture. We need to know that the grace and peace of God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ Is ours. Now, why do you say when you get up on the wrong side of the bed? Well, you're familiar with this phrase, aren't you? You're familiar with this sentence, aren't you? In the book of Romans, we have it, and then when Paul writes the letter to the first Corinthians, doesn't he very say the very same thing in chapter 1, verse 3? Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. What does he do in the book of First Corinthians? He talks about all the problems that the church is facing. He talks about the good things that are happening, but he talks about the bad things that are happening as well. And I've always wondered, even as a kid, as a kid, excuse me, I've always wondered, wow, Paul, how can you say grace and peace when you've got so many problems to deal with? Because that's God's disposition to us. He's writing to believers, and he wants us to know that this, in spite of how our days are going in spite of the problems that we face, in spite of the challenges that are ours, grace and peace belong to us. Amen? Amen. And it's all because of Christ. It's all because of Christmas. He would not be able to say that otherwise. Now, he not only says it in 1 Corinthians, he says it in 2 Corinthians, he says it in Galatians, he says it in Ephesians, he goes through all his letters, and the other apostles do pretty much the same thing. We need the peace of knowing that God's grace and peace, we need, we need to know that God's grace and peace are with us regardless of what's happening in our days. Number two, Romans chapter 2, verses 6 through 10. Romans chapter 2, verses 6 through 10. I just chose, again, the context that we needed for sure. Six starts with the word who in the New King James Version. God Let me put put that word there. God will render to each one according to his deeds. Judgment day is coming, and God's going to render judgment based on our deeds. Now, we're saved by faith, so we ought to know that that's not the issue that we're dealing with here. We're dealing with rewards as far as believers are concerned, and we're dealing with punishment as far as unbelievers are concerned. And so God says eternal life is going to be granted to those Who by patient continuance in doing good seek for glory, honor, and immortality. We need this passage of scripture when we worry about judgment day. When we worry about how God really thinks about us. When we're overwhelmed with guilt or we're overwhelmed with shame. Or we have feelings of condemnation. We need the peace of this passage of scripture. Now, clearly in verse 8, those who are self-seeking and don't obey the truth are going to experience what? Indignation, wrath, tribulation, and anguish. But what about us? What about the believer? What are we experiencing? Glory, honor, and peace. And all because of Christ. Number three. Go to chapter 3, verses 10 through 17. Chapter 3, verses 10 through 17. You and I need this passage of Scripture. We need to connect Christmas with the present, with this passage of Scripture. We need the peace that this passage of Scripture describes when the past comes back to haunt you. How many of you have had the past come back to haunt you? You don't have to raise your hand. Because if you're honest, you all would raise them. All of us would raise our hands. And you know, sometimes the past comes back to haunt us. And we see that picture of what we were like before we were saved, where the Bible says in verse 10, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none who understands. There is none who seeks after God. They have all turned aside. They have together become unprofitable. There is none who does good, no, not one. And then he describes the body using several, several body parts. Their throat is an open tomb. Their tongues, with their tongues they practice deceit. The poison of apse is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways, and the way of peace they have not known. Boy, oh boy, when you wish you didn't have a memory any longer because the past coming back to haunt you, you need this passage of Scripture because because of Christ and the connection that we have to Christ through Christmas, we know the way of peace, right? Amen. Next one, chapter 5, verse 1. Chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. This is a great passage of Scripture when you wonder how angry God might be at you for your sinful failures. A great passage of Scripture. A great passage of Scripture for you when you're wondering whether God is going to write you off. So tired of dealing with you. He's had to be so patient for so long, and yet you still don't have it right. This is a great passage of Scripture. Connect Christmas with this passage. You and I need the peace of this passage of Scripture. Therefore, having been justified... Has nothing to do with your works. The word justified means that you're in a courtroom. You have been asked to come to the bench. And the Lord Jesus has said to you, do you accept my gift of eternal life? Hypothetic. I'm just giving you a picture. Think about this for a minute. Maybe you picture the father sitting there at the bench. And you're saying, yes, I want Jesus to forgive me of all of my sin. I believe that he died and took on the penalty that I deserve. And it's like God bringing the gavel down and saying, if that is true, I declare you righteous. I'll make you righteous. That's down the road. But I declare you righteous. It's a legal term justification is a legal term therefore having been declared righteous by our faith we don't have to worry about whether god is angry at us for our sinful failures or whether he's going to write us off because we have what peace through who our lord jesus christ now i just want to bring this to your attention for those of you who are going to be reading romans this week or, or already in, in, in the book of Romans here, I want you to notice these phrases. Christ is our, is, 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 Christ is our peace. I would, I would almost head that next section. For when we were still without strength in due time, what did it say? Christ, verse 6, Christ what? Died for the ungodly. Verse 8. Christ died for us. Verse 9, we are justified by His blood. Verse 10, we are reconciled to God through the death of His Son. I mean, he's just piling those phrases upon phrases upon phrases and sentences. Reconciled to God through the death of His Son. And verse 11, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. We are reconciled to God through Christ. The Christ of Christmas. We need 5 1 when we waver in understanding that. Next one 8 5 through 11. 8 5 through 11. Now, without a lot of commentary, I think you'll understand what this is talking about, but we need this passage, we need the piece of this passage of Scripture. Whenever we are struggling to break free of a sinful habit or indwelling sin. We do. We need it. I'm not gonna ask anybody to raise their sin and, and I might raise their hand and ask ask you whether or not you have a sinful habit, or you have indwelling sin, or you still have to contend with it, because you're all gonna have to admit, we're all gonna have to admit that we do. And boy, does it get on us from time to time, doesn't it? For those who, those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, verse 5. Those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. See the difference between the unbeliever and the believer? But Paul had just talked about his struggle with sin in chapter 7. And he said, O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? And he said, Jesus is going to do it. Jesus is going to do it. I may have to deal with sin from now till time Jesus comes back, but Jesus is there to help me to deal with that sin. Verse 6, the Apostle Paul says, To be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and what? Peace. I don't think we have to go any further. You and I need that. Go to chapter 10, verses 13 through 15. Chapter 10, verses 13 through 15. You and I need the peace of this passage of Scripture when we think about sharing the gospel and we say to ourselves, oh, you know what, I don't think it's going to make a difference. I'm not going to bother. We need the peace of this passage of Scripture when we can't get up the courage to talk to anybody about our own personal faith. Or shall the truth of God's word. We need the piece of this passage because here's what it says in verses 13, 14, and 15. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You did that, right? But you weren't able to do that unless you had the gospel proclaimed to you, right? Right? Verse 14 says, how shall they then call on him in whom they've not believed? And how shall they believe in him in whom they've not heard? And how shall they hear without a proclaimer of the gospel? Someone who's willing to share their faith. Everybody together. If you have a new King James, it's going to be word for word the same. Most versions will be so close, it won't be a problem. Everybody together. How beautiful are the feet of... Of those who preach the gospel of peace. If you want peace badly enough for yourself and for those around you, you need this passage of scripture when you're toying with the idea of just, I don't think it matters. Chapter 14, verses 14 through 19. Chapter 14, verses 14 through 19. You and I need this passage of Scripture when we sit down with other believers and we recognize that there are differences between us in the way that we think, in the way that we act. Now, Paul uses as an example of the differences here that lead to conflict between believers, he uses food as an example. Some think it's okay to eat certain kinds of foods. Remember, in the Old Testament... Their dietary, there were a lot of dietary restrictions, you say, But Paul uses that as an example. He says in chapter 14, he says in chapter 14, verse, uh, verse 16, I'll shorten the context here. Don't let your good be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. If you guys are going to get together and you're going to fight over whether or not it's okay to eat this or eat that, or is it okay to eat this here or eat that there or whatever, he says, listen, the kingdom of God is what? Righteousness and what? Peace and joy. Another good Christmas word to link with peace. Peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. So in verse 19 he says, Therefore let us pursue the things which make for peace and the things by which one may edify one another, instead of us locking horns as believers over our differences. He could have chosen bigger bigger things. But isn't it amazing how sometimes the smallest things will cause problems? Connect Christmas, the Christ of Christmas, to the fact that God brings peace to believers. 15 verses 12 through 13. 15 verses 12 through 13. Perhaps my favorite, perhaps my favorite, because when I look at this passage of Scripture, I see it uh, in, and see the frustration in the world in which we live today. Now, we only, need, we only need 12 and 13. That's all we need. Isaiah says, There shall be a root of Jesse. All right, that's the Christmas story, right? That is to remind you that he is looking forward to the birth of Christ. There shall be a root of Jesse, and he, this root, shall rise to reign over the Gentiles, and in him the Gentiles shall have hope. I could have used this. We could have spent the whole time talking about this passage of Scripture. But I'm going to tell you something. When you and I wonder whether or not there will ever be peace on earth, we need this passage of Scripture. When you and I wonder whether or not or we think that peace is hopeless, when you look at the world today, things are ratcheting up just as they do every 20, 30 years. We see nations starting to rattle their sabers now and and it doesn't look good. But we need this passage of Scripture when we worry about whether there's going to be peace on earth. I'm glad that Christ is going to come. I'm glad that He's going to rise to reign over the Gentiles. And I'm glad that we as Gentiles can hope in Him. Amen? Amen. Now may the God of hope fill you with all what? Two good Christmas words. Joy and peace in believing. That you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. If you've lost hope, you need the peace of this passage of Scripture. And then finally, verse uh, 30 and 33. Well, we actually have two real quick. but, But, you know, I'm moving pretty fast, so don't worry. In 15, verses 30 through 33. Now I beg you, brethren, through the Lord Jesus Christ... And through the love of the Spirit that you strive together with me in prayers to God for me, that I may be, or be delivered from those in Judea. Paul was facing hard times. He was facing difficult times. He was facing really tough challenges. And he said, I need your prayers. Maybe he at this point was wondering if God is really with him through tough times. How many times have you said, I know God says that he's with me everywhere I go. I know he says he's with me always. But I really wonder whether or not there are some times when maybe he isn't. Have you wondered that? Look at what he says. I'm going to go through some really tough times, but verse 33 says, Now the God of peace, not with me. He's already resolved that issue. He knows God's going to be with him, but now may the God of peace be with you all. You need the peace of this passage of Scripture. And then finally, one last one, in 16 verses 19 and 20. Let's look at this passage of Scripture. For for your obedience has become known to all, therefore I am glad on your behalf. But I want you to, here's a command. Let's turn this into a command. Be wise in what is good and simple or innocent concerning evil. There's a good goal for the new year. That's a great goal for the new year. But it's what he says next that really helps us. To connect the Christmas story with the present, you see. Because when the evil one, you know who the evil one is, don't you? Satan. Boy, he knows how to tempt. Boy, he knows how to get you into compromising positions. He knows how to back you into a corner. He knows what to do to chain you up. The devil knows exactly what to do. But when the evil one is unrelenting in his attacks to take you down. Because that's what he wants to do. You need the peace of this passage of Scripture. Because God promises through Paul, he says, the peace of God will crush Satan under your feet shortly. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. And it's because of the grace of God that he will crush Satan. Well, there you have it. So if you're reading through the book of Romans, you have like 10 good practical applications. You could have come up with probably 10 more. 10 more. But there they are. Connect the Christmas story to your present circumstances. You know what? The shepherds, when they went out, the Bible says that when they heard the good news, they went out and they went all through the city streets sharing the good news of the gospel I can see why. I can see why. Gracious Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for these wonderful truths. In Jesus' name, amen.